0: So Pete said earlier in the video, towards the beginning, um, that this practice of uh, reading and reflection and praying, even God's uh, God's word in the in the Bible, uh, this this practice of lectio, uh, it lets us loose. He said, I don't know if you caught that, it lets us loose because it quote enables us to absorb God's word so deeply. That we begin to become God's word to a world that may never read the Bible. It's a it's a big statement, and uh, if that sounds strange or abstract to you, um, or maybe even a little off, you're like, "Well, I'm not sure how I feel about that." Let me put, let me put it this way: If we step into a world that is broken and is hurting and is in need of God, uh, which is the world we are in. If we step into that and we go, you know what, let's, let's have a go. Let's just have a crack at trying to help and to heal and to renew that world, however we think is best, with whatever skills we have. At best, we might make a difference. We might leave an impact. We might leave the world a tad better than what we found it. We might. But at worst... The thing that could happen if we we just have a crack and have a go, however we best know how, and this is my experience, is that we might be frustrated, disappointed, perplexed, or maybe just give up. Like, what's the point? It's not working. We might have no energy left after a while, because between work and family and trying to be healthy and dealing with all the curveballs that... Come our way, it just seems impossible. And that's because, friends, the forces that work against God in this world to ruin his creation, unfortunately, are far more swift and effective and influential than any of us. And if we think that's not the case, unfortunately, we're just going to be mistaken and disappointed when we come up against that reality. However... There is one who, when he speaks, stars are born. You think about that for a second. Close your eyes and imagine God, there's nothingness in front of God. And he opens his mouth and says four words. And these things we call stars, which are, um, I don't really know, flaming, big, huge flaming balls of gas and all sorts of other stuff, billions of them just appear. Because he spoke four words. That's who God is. And that's the power of his voice and of his word. When he opens his mouth, species of animals, whole ecosystems just come into being. When this God speaks, life itself a greater miracle than stars and ecosystems, life itself, human life, is brought into existence. When he speaks, there is healing, there is restoration, there is recreation, there is transformation. And so for me, there is really only one thing I want to do as a Christian and for, as, a, as a human being, for that matter. I want to so deeply absorb... As Pete said, so deeply absorb his word. I want to become, in other words, so familiar with his voice, how he speaks, what he speaks, when he speaks, that when I hear him, or if you want to put it another way, when I see evidence that he's up to something, right there, it's like God, God's doing something there, then I want to be available to step into that space. That's, that's what I want. That's all I want. I want to become so attentive to what God is saying and what he's doing in a friend or in a community or in a child or in a marriage or, or in a network or in a church, wherever God is at work and he's at work all over the place. I want eyes to see so that my little efforts are not just a hopeful attempt to make something better, that my little efforts are simply a stepping into what God's doing, a stepping into God's renewing work, because heaven knows what God can do is infinitely more substantial than what I can do. And that truly does begin and end with prayer. Prayer guided by and shaped by his written word. Prayer led by and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So scripture and spirit-led prayer is not a part of our Christian lives. It's what our lives are meant for, day in and day out. Prayer is the portal to communication and communion with God. That is why we exist. It's not a part, it's, it's all of it. Pete told a number of stories in this, in this video series, if you've been here over the last four or five weeks. Uh, a number of different stories of things in history, in the church and whatnot, including that one about Linden's Farm today, however, however you say it. Let me tell you one other story. In the 1700s, 1700s, Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, I love that name, Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, he founded the Moravian community at a place called Hernhut, and they began praying, not just at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday morning or something like that, but praying 24 hours a day in rotation. A few people pray for a few hours, next for a few hours, 24 hours a day. That prayer meeting lasted a little while. You'd think it had kind of you know, fizzle off after a few days. Goodness, this is exhausting. Anyone know how long that prayer meeting lasted for? A hundred years. A hundred years praying twenty-four hours a day as a community, sharing in that responsibility. Now you may go, okay, great, that's hundred-year 24 24-7 prayer meeting. Sounds sounds wonderful. Uh sounds almost impossible. <laughs> um, could you know, we, we can even scratch the surface of that. But but Luke. Sure, they prayed for 100 years, day and night. Did it do anything, though? What was the impact? What was the effect in the world? Was it just a prayer meeting or was it something more? Well, arguably, they, the Moravian community praying 100 years, 24-7. impact. Arguably, they impacted the world more than any movement in history except for the early church and Jesus. This was one of the greatest missionary movements of history all of history, sending people to every corner of the globe to preach the gospel, fueled by prayer. There's a good chance that your spiritual lineage, the reason you're here today in church, uh, searching for, finding, journeying with Jesus, and how that's been passed to you by someone else, and that was passed by someone else, there's a good chance that for a few of you at least, that stems back to Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, because of the impact of a Prayer meeting on the world. A prayer that fueled mission. I've been talking about this year how we're going to be you know, really pressing into sharing our faith and being equipped to share the gospel with those who don't need Jesus. Ripple effect, right? And we're planning a church and all of this. Effectively to be missionaries in our own backyards. Evangelism is the word for that, the big E word that we go, oh, that's tricky. But actually the focus for us now at all times is not actually evangelism. For starters, we will see more people come to Jesus if every member of this church chooses to pray for their non-Christian friends. That will be more effective than if we're all the most fluent, effective you know, people who share the, the gospel with winsome words, with fluent kind of you know uh, arguments, just praying for our friends will have far, a far greater effect. But secondly, faith sharing isn't just about gritting our teeth and delivering a message to people. It's actually, and hear me when I say this, sharing our faith, evangelism, all that, it's actually about taking us deeper into the heart of God. who sent his son to reach lost souls. We grow in prayer, which is the purpose of our lives or at least the portal to the purpose of our lives communion with God. We grow in that when we take up the call to share our faith. Let me just share from my personal experience for many years now. Shamefully not from the beginning of my ministry or even the beginning of my ministry in the billabong, but for a few years at least now, I felt challenged even burdened by God to step out in evangelism, to learn from scratch, because, believe me, I needed to learn from scratch, to stop assuming it was someone else's responsibility, the evangelist that I knew over there. What I didn't realize, friends, was that it it was when I finally took up the responsibility and said, okay, God, I'm going to make time for this, that that would change me and that would change my relationship with God in prayer. God wasn't just interested in using me as a tool to get a message to someone. He was interested in drawing me into his very heart in that process, partnering with God in his glorious and fulfilling mission to bring the gospel to people. He wanted me to know him more, maybe even more so than going and sharing. Finally, as I said before, prayer is not one part of the Christian practice. It's, it's the goal. It is the goal. It's, it's simply the portal through which we communicate and commune with God, and that's what we're made for. That's our purpose. That's the purpose of those we rub shoulders with. And so this year and Ripple Effect and planting a church and all of that stuff, it's really all about one thing, not evangelism. Prayer, Communing with God, first of all, us, that others might experience and discover that joy as well through the ripple effect of our lives. And so I don't know how you're feeling as this year gets underway. Now, maybe you're excited. Maybe you're ready to leave COVID years behind. Anyone feel that? <laughs> Come on, 2023, it's going to be a little bit different to the last year. Maybe you're ready to just you know, go to the next level in your walk with Jesus. So much going on. Let's just refocus and go forward. But if I'm accurate in my assessment of the spiritual and emotional temperature in the world and in the church right now, it's more likely that you feel tired, worn down, a bit frustrated, a bit just done with stuff. Maybe you're grieving some things as well. Tired, worn down. Or some of you, similar but different, you feel angry. You feel confused. Why is this stuff happening? You're struggling to forgive something or someone, or maybe struggling to forgive yourself. Or maybe you're in this category, you're just acutely aware of your own sinfulness, your own feeling of being unworthy less than capable, not good enough, like God would do better to just move on to someone else. Wherever you're at this morning, I want to leave you with an invitation, an invitation from Jesus, a promise from Jesus. Not an invitation to go and make disciples. We'll have plenty of time to come back to that. Not to... Go be my witnesses. Go heal the sick. Go change the world. Not not that kind of invitation. Here's the invitation. Here's the promise. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now I'm going to read that again in a second. And I want to encourage you to listen. What is Jesus' invitation to you right now? What's he promising you? When God promises something, he will not renege on that. He will not break his promises. He keeps his promises. going to sing about that in just a minute, but it might be one of a number of things as you listen to this again. It might be that you've been running to other things, and this is a firm command. Come to me, not those things, Jesus might say. It might be an invitation to learn from him, to study and experience his ways of doing things, or it might be an invitation to place all of your burdens on his shoulders in prayer and worship today. By asking someone to pray with you. It might be something else. So I'm going to read it again. I'd love you to close your eyes and just listen for the voice of Jesus to you right now. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. A few other promises from Scripture that are um, aligned with what Jesus said, but remind us that he is not just the man. He is the God of the universe, the creator of all things, and he has authority to be able to say things like, come to me and you will find rest. But they, Isaiah 40, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall not run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 43. Now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. By name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Father God, I thank you that in Jesus we see who you really are, your very heart towards us that you are gentle and humble towards us. You care for us more deeply than we could ever imagine. And so, Lord, I pray that this invitation that has been offered to us, this promise that you have said through your written word, straight from the mouth of Jesus, that we can come to you if we're weary and burdened, and we'll find rest for our souls, Lord, may we take up that invitation this year and just come to you. Come to you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we come to you now and ask for healing, for restoration, that all the burdens we've been carrying, the stuff that has separated us from you and others, we lay it at your feet and pray you'd wipe it away. Lord, all of our sin, all of us all of the stuff that has built a wedge between us and you we're sorry god we're sorry we bring it before you and ask for your forgiveness knowing that you quickly and swiftly forgive us showing us your grace you love to show us mercy lord as we sing and we worship you now and we honor your name your holy name Help us to set the foundation right this year, that we would come to know you more than we've known you before, in Jesus' name.